Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready because it's time to experience this. Get ready for the final episode of season eight of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss how we're doing CX all wrong, how to make time fly while waiting on hold, and how experience this is celebrating another milestone. Alignment, entertainment, and accomplishment. Oh my. We're excited to give you an overview of an important book you should know about, as well as share some of our favorite passages as part of our next book report. Today's book report is by a friend of mine, Nicholas Zeisler, who just published We're Doing CX Wrong and How to Get It Right. Now, a couple things I really like about this book. It is a quick read, 90 pages. It is funny. It is filled with great tips. Nicholas uses his military background plus his Six Sigma background to just totally destroy a lot of the things that we think is good customer experience and uses numbers and analytics and and proof points to really make the argument about what we're doing wrong and then more importantly, how to do it right. Now, full disclosure... I had the honor of writing the foreword to this book. Uh, which was- Dan Gingas, author and foreword author, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. I, got, I can add that to the resume now. Uh, and I thank Nicholas certainly for that honor. So let's bring on our friend, Nicholas Eisler, to tell us all about his new book. CX is one of those things that's everything and nothing at the same time. It's there to wow your customers at every turn. Interactions won't simply be good. They'll be the stuff of legends, surpassing graduations, marriages, and even the birth of their children and the stories of joy and bliss that your customers will tell. The result? They won't simply pick your brand when they need a loaf of bread or whatever good or service you sell. They'll tell all their friends how outlandishly fantastic you are. How will you accomplish this? Well, there we're in kind of a hazy area. It's the nothing part. It's got something to do with surveys, something about being obsessively customer-centric, whatever that means. And oh yeah, t-shirts with customer-loving slogans for everyone. The problem is, when most people talk about doing CX, they mean things like getting everybody on board and driving consensus toward a customer-oriented approach or providing awareness of the importance of keeping customers at the center or on the top or at the heart or out in front or where are the customers anyway? And how on earth is anybody expected to knock any customer's socks off with just empty twaddle like that? Give me something I can do. When I was a CX executive, I developed a framework that consisted of three moving parts. Customer insights, process engineering, and building a CX culture. The magic sauce was that middle part, the process engineering. It's leveraging things like design thinking, 
Six Sigma, Lean, Kaizen, these tools that businesses have been using for years to make themselves more efficient and profitable. But the idea was to turn the focus toward improving your customers' experiences. As I refined this active and more dynamic way of doing CX, it began to occur to me that the reason so many people do silly things like ask weird survey questions, report their results and call it a day, and sometimes drive behaviors counter to positive experiences just to hit a number, all have the same root cause. They're doing it for the wrong reason. Everybody talks about the ROI of CX, and more than a few hucksters will promise a direct straight-line return based on every point of improvement to your preferred CX KPI. Here's a tip, though. If you're doing CX so that you can make more money, well, technically, your customers aren't number one to you, are they? When you think about it, they're a means to an end. But if you're doing CX because you fundamentally are dedicated to eliminating the gap between your brand promise and the experiences your customers have when they interact with your brand, it helps bring everything into clearer focus. You'll stop doing dumb CX things. The sales and revenue figures will iron themselves out on the back end. After all, if your customers really believe you're dedicated to and delivering on your brand promise, they'll be back and probably bring their friends too. I see what you mean about Nicholas being funny, Dan. I I mean, that has to be the first use of the word twaddle in 150 episodes of our show, right? I told you. But he can also get serious when he needs to. Like when he calls out the gap between your brand promise and the experiences your customers have when they interact with your brand. Remember when we had that agree to disagree segment a few episodes ago in episode 144, and I pointed out how marketing has become the promiser of the customer experience? When companies don't deliver on that promise, bad things happen. So, Joey, you care to read your favorite passage from the book? Absolutely. I loved this passage from a section on enablement that was calling out companies and bosses for not equipping their employees with the right tools. And here's the quote. With all the complexities of balancing competing personalities, diffusing conflict, managing the intersection of dispositions and jobs to get done, it's amazing how many bosses miss this one very straightforward obligation. It's as though the pendulum of business leadership has swung from the extreme of not caring about your employees, treating them all as automatons, cogs in the machine, to engaging so directly in their lives as to forget, oh, by the way, that they have a job to accomplish at work too. Some of the most thoughtful, sympathetic, dynamic, and inspiring bosses I've had were shockingly bad at simply arming me with what I needed to do my job. Oh man, I can so relate to this one. It's like, it seems like we're, we're focusing so much on the, do they have the pinball machines and do they have the foosball and do they have enough, you know, we're, I want us to care about how our employees feel and what their experience of being in the office is like. But if I have to go through 17 screens while I'm on the phone with a customer to find the information or the notes about their last call, or if I have to talk to three different people to piece together what actually needs to happen to move a customer through a department, these basic tools of operation are a key area where we can focus on customer experience enhancements. And I cannot tell you, Joey, how many times in my career I hired a brand new employee they start their first day of work. They're so excited to be there. And their laptop isn't ready. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold on, IT. You had a month to get their laptop ready and it's not here. Why? 
And it's just such a horrible first day experience. And as we've talked about so many times, that's going to bleed into the customer experience as well. So I really liked one. I liked a lot of the stories that uh, Nicholas told in his book. Uh, This one in particular stuck out to me. A while back at a conference, I had an illuminating conversation with a COO who was quite proud of her CX program. And then he goes on to describe her describing said program. I asked her what I considered to be the next logical question. So then what? Well, she said, we've instituted a new dashboard that's available to the whole organization and posted it in real time on monitors in the common work area, showing our NPS and supporting background survey numbers as well. We've sped up the reporting cadence and are now briefing the entire leadership team in our weekly meetings. Our company-wide internal newsletter now features the section on CX, where we post all the relevant scores and insight, including valuable thoughts that come from many different sources of customer information, as well as highlight verbatims from our promoters and call out outstanding performances by our team members. She was nearly out of breath when she finished, so excited by the progress. Now, in fairness, she was really miles ahead of many organizations I've worked with in terms of sharing and disseminating VOC information, not to mention thinking beyond surveys. But I still wasn't hearing what I'd hoped for, so I pressed again. That's great, I said. But besides reporting and sharing, what are you doing with the results? See, this business leader was making the same mistake many folks do when it comes to CX. They're collecting tons of information about the experiences of their customers. But other than reporting the information, they're not doing anything with it. Man, Joey, this one spoke to me too because I have seen this over and over at the businesses that I work with and worked for and the clients that I have now. We're so busy collecting information and We think that turning it into a report is the end result. Well, let me tell you, especially the higher you go up in the organization, the more reports you've got laying on your desk. Nobody needs another report. We have to turn the information into action. So let's ask Nicholas to share his favorite passage from We're Doing CX Wrong and How to Get It Right. I propose to frame your top-line survey question by first stating, as simply and with as few words as possible, your brand promise. Then, ask your customers how well you delivered on that promise in their last interaction with your brand. We'd call the result the Brand Alignment Score, or since it needs an acronym to seem more official, the BAS. You could use a 0 to 10, a 1 to 5. Frankly, it doesn't even matter how you score it. But for the love of all things decent in this world, please stop asking your customers dumb CX questions that have nothing to do with your CX goals. Consider this as an example. At ABC Amalgamated Incorporated, our brand promise is to deliver the easiest to use widget in the market. We strive to make not only our products easy to use, but all your interactions with ABC effortless and simple. Based on your most recent experience with ABC, how well would you say we're meeting that promise? Notice how straightforward this is. You can interpret every single response as either getting the job of alignment done or not. There's no labored interpretation of probability of whether this person is likely, in fact, to recommend your brand. It's not a gauge of how much they love or disdain you. It's simply the customer's opinion, the one that counts after all, about whether you're living up to what you're trying to be. And yes, if you're the top-level decision maker, it's still clear that when more people acknowledge this alignment, you're doing better. The KPI makes good sense. And most importantly, it's in sync with the whole purpose of CX, to drive brand alignment. 
Now, a minute ago, I mentioned that it doesn't matter how you score the BAS, by which I meant which scale you use. Why? Because the score doesn't matter nearly as much as the insights you gain from asking the right question. Dang it, now we got to go back to episode 146, where we ranked our top five CX metrics and add in BAS, Brand Alignment Score. Now, in all seriousness, folks, go get this book. You're going to love it. It's a quick and easy read, but it's informative. It's funny, and it's definitely going to teach you something. We're doing CX Wrong and How to Get It Right by Nicholas Zeisler. Oh, yeah, with a forward by Dan Gingas. Just because you have required elements of your business doesn't mean they need to be boring. It's time to get creative, have some fun, and make people sit up and take notice. Get your customers talking when you make the required remarkable. Thank you for calling Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. Please listen closely as our menu has recently changed. To schedule a service, please press 1. If you are calling about a plumbing or water heater issue, please press 1. Thanks. I'll get you right over. By the way, this call may be recorded to make sure we're doing things the right way, not the easy way. I'm Ken Goodrich, and I just want to tell you how much I appreciate you choosing to call Gettle. I promise we won't let you down. Kenny, it's Ken. You're also supposed to tell folks that this call could be monitored. We do that sometimes to make sure our customer service representatives are treating you like you are the most important person in the whole world. Because you are. They are what? What do you mean? You said because you are. You need to finish that sentence. They are what? They are the most important person in the whole world. Now, Kenny, it's Ken. How can you say this is the most important person in the whole world when the truth is we put them on hold? I don't feel real important when people put me on hold. I'm not quite sure what to say to that fact. Well, I think you could begin by telling this very patient person, a very valuable customer, that you're real sorry that they're having to wait on hold for a few seconds while your so-called customer service representatives are doing whatever it is they're off doing right now. You make a good point, Zach. Hey, I really am sorry you're having to wait, but here's how I'm going to make it up to you. Okay, Kenny, we're listening. Tell us how you're going to make it up to us. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is send a top-notch, highly qualified, extremely likable technician to your house to solve your problem. You're going to do that right away? Yes, right away. That's a good start. Now, what else are you going to do for us on account of putting us on hold and everything? That technician is going to do things the right way, not the easy way. What else? I'm going to have that technician replace all the missing screws that the previous people left out. And who might those previous people be? Well, it could be the original installer that left those screws out, or a previous repair person, or it might have even been the homeowner. And why would they leave screws out? Probably because they were hard to reach. You mean they did the job the easy way instead of the right way? Bingo. And we're going to replace those missing screws at no extra charge. Well, riddle me this. How is my good friend here on the phone with us going to know that your mighty fine, world-famous superhero technician replaced the screw that somebody else left out? Because we use special bright red replacement screws. Now, that doesn't sound attractive at all, Kenny. It's Ken. And these screws aren't out in the open. These are the ones that are hard to get to. Remember, you have to look for them to see them. 
okay, what else are you going to do for my good friend here with us on the telephone? I'm going to send that superhero technician out to your house twice a year to do 19 specific things that will make your system last longer, break down less often, and use less energy. You're talking about Sadie's Guard Dog Home Service, aren't you? There's nothing like it. Give us a real good price, and maybe my friend and I will ask that customer service representative to tell us more about it. Sadie's Guard Dog Protection is just $14.95 a month. That's a good price, and it includes a complete system rejuvenation once a year, don't it? You're not saying it right. Say it, Ken. I like the way you say it. Rejuvenation. That's where our world-famous superhero technician cleans the outside coals and makes six critical adjustments. You got it. You bet I do, and you should have it too, friend. Just tell the customer service person that you want Sadie's Guard Dog Protection for your home for just $14.95 a month. They'll blow your mind by listing all 19 of the wonderful things you're going to get every year at no extra charge. Gettle. G-O-E-T-T-L. We do things right, but it's hard to spell. Kenny, I'm going to go look for that customer service representative. O-M-G. Was that not incredible? <laughs> I thought it was outstanding. I'm sure our listeners in the beginning were like, wait a second, what is actually happening here? I thought I was listening to the podcast. I loved every minute of that message. You know, it's funny you should say it that way because it was nearly four minutes long, but it sure didn't feel like we were, we were waiting on hold that long, did it? Thanks to our good friend of the show, Robin Murphy of Made Brigade for sharing this with us. I was reminded of a segment way back in season one, episode six, you know, when you and I were still teenagers, Joey, <laughs> we talked about the song that Uber conference commission called I'm on hold that left me with a similar feeling. I wanted to stay on hold until the end. Or in season two, episode 41, when we talked about Universal Studios and how they made waiting in line actually fun. Yeah, and I even heard recently that people are now going to Harry Potter world and are waiting in line for rides and jumping out of line when it's their turn. They don't actually care to ride the ride. They just want to wait in line so they can walk through Hogwarts Castle and get that incredible experience. Unbelievable. So some of the things that I learned about Gettle, their tagline is doing things the right way, not the easy way, since 1939. Ken, or Kenny, in that clip, is actually CEO Ken Goodrich. Their website notes that, quote, if our customers aren't happy, we're not happy. And get this, there's a section called, it starts with the Wheaton Greeton. The Wheaton Greeton? I got to hear about this one. Well, let me quote, Sadie, our resident Wheaton Terrier, is a great judge of character. And everyone who works for Gettle is Sadie certified. Her standards are high, but that's so we can be sure you're welcoming the best of the best into your home. Unquote. I mean, this company just has everything right. There's like a perfect amount of shtick behind it. It's funny. It's unexpected from your plumbing and air conditioning company. And the whole company has built itself around being customer centric, doing things the right way, not the easy way. If our customers aren't happy, we're not happy. Why can't every company be like this, Joey? You know, I, I don't know. It's, it's frustrating that they aren't. But I, I think what is so beautiful about this example, and I so appreciate Robin for putting it on our radar, is that when we think of HVAC companies or plumbing companies or folks that, uh, you know, provide those kinds of home services, as a general rule, and I say this with 
all due respect to folks that operate in those industries because I have a ton of admiration for them, especially because a lot of those things are things I just completely don't understand. I, you know, if I need plumbing work, I'm going to call a plumber. But the reality is when you look at these industries, they all have a tendency to kind of feel the same. Everybody says, oh, well, we're going to do a good job and oh, we'll send the people right over and do, do, do. The thing that I love about Gettle is how much brand personality is coming out and how willing they are to talk about the individual people on their team or even their resident Wheaton Terrier, right? Who's uh, Sadie, who's part of the program. This idea of letting our personality shine, letting some playfulness come out in our communications is something that every brand and every business can do. There is no excuse. You know, so often I think we hear these conversations of, well, in our industry, that's just not the way things are done, or that feels a little too, you know, off the cuff and unprofessional. Folks, just be human. Just let it out. That really resonates with your prospects and your customers alike. Yeah, I totally agree. And as you know, there's a whole section of my book that I refer to as being witty, which is not about being hilarious. It's just about being clever and using language to your advantage and refusing to be boring. All three things, I think Gettle pulls off really, really great here. And the last part I want to leave us with is the title of this segment is Required Remarkable. And I just want to remind our listeners that the reason we have this segment is that there are so many parts of your business that are required. And a hold message might be one of them. But there's no reason why you can't make an experience, a remarkable experience out of it. I'm a believer that every time we communicate with customers in any channel at any point in the customer journey, we can create an experience even if one didn't exist before. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? So we didn't want to make a huge deal about it, but this episode represents a pretty big milestone for us here at Experience This. It is our 150th show. Dun, dun, dun! And it's also the last episode of the year and the season. Oh, well, don't worry, friends. The good news is we have had quite the run together over the last eight seasons, and there is more to come. Now, you know, when I think about the fact that Dan and I met in a dorm room when Dan was in graduate school and I was in law school and just happened to come visit my college roommate who Dan was friends with, and where we are today, my, how far we have come. Not to mention, at three segments per show, 150 episodes, we've had 450 distinct conversations about customer and employee experience. And you all have been listening long enough to know, lots of times in a single segment, we'll talk about a couple of different examples. So we're well over hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of examples of remarkable customer experiences at this point. So we thought it might be fun to share some of our favorite moments of the past eight seasons, but not in that cheesy clip show kind of way that some TV shows do. Well, kind of in a cheesy clip show kind of way. All right, moving on, moving on. Remember back in season one, when we thought it was a good idea to cram 40 episodes into a single season, what were we thinking? We talked about our kids talking to Alexa, emojis, Game of Thrones, Chewy. We read Ready Player One together and so much more. 
Yeah, we also had our first ever book report. They Ask, You Answer by our friend Marcus Sheridan. Still one of my favorite business books ever. Our first I Love It, I Can't Stand It about the airline experience. And our first Agree to Disagree about what else? Twitter. (laughs) It's still not a good choice, folks. But the segment that stuck with me the most is one that I don't think we've talked much about since it aired back in January of 2018. Take on me. Take me Aha. The remake of the classic 80s song by Aha, Take On Me. I kid you not, Joey, I have probably listened to that a hundred times since you introduced it to me, and I even had set it as my wake-up alarm for a while. Well, it is a beautiful rendition of a fantastic song. When I think about the segment that I remember the most from our first season, it was one that we dedicated to science in school. We had a double-length segment involving our famous science teacher friend, Steve Spangler. And then we did an I Love It, I Can't Stand It segment featuring a dozen or so kids telling us what they love and can't stand about school. Here are two of the cutest kids sharing their thoughts. Hi, my name is Samantha. One thing I love about going to school is my teacher because she always welcomes us in the morning and is very funny. But one thing I can't stand about school is the after-school club because it's very boring and there's really nothing to do. Hi, Derek. My name is Lachlan. What I like about school is doing it homework and math and stuff about that. What I don't like about school is people, grown-ups go to work instead of not going go, go fun things like kids do. So, bye. Yeah, those are pretty cute kids. And for those that haven't figured it out, The girl is mine and the boy is Joey's. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's fun when we can get the family involved in the show. Exactly. You know, Joey, it's also that time of year again. Christmas is just a few days away from when this episode releases. And that, of course, reminds me of one of our most ambitious episodes. Season 2, episode 53, our musical episode. Ah, yes. The one where we took seven well-known Christmas songs and rewrote them with customer experience lyrics. We then brought in a few friends and shared some holiday cheer, like this classic. The 12th major pain point we'll have to fix next year. 12 shipments delaying. 11 cards declining. 10 tweets ignoring. 9 phone lines holding. 8 agents screaming. 7 pages loading. 6 systems failing. Five spammy emails. Four pop-up ads. Three lost deals. Two broken links. And a mobile app that always seems to crash. Bum, bum. Then who could forget episode 65 in season three, where we broadcast live from Cytel's Empower CX event. 
Joey and I both gave speeches at the event and then performed a full episode of Experience This in front of a live audience as the closing keynote. That was an experience. That was an experience. No stop and starts and redos there. Everything was live in front of a raucous studio audience. That was so fantastic. You know, of course, we can't forget that our little podcast has spawned not one, but two spinoff series. We created a whole different podcast for our friends at Cytel called Empower CX Now. And we even did a crossover segment in episode 89 of Experience This. And then our two-season partnership with Avtex on Experience This led to us creating Experience Points with them, a game show style video series that just won the prize for best use of influencer marketing at the Content Marketing Awards, beating out shows from Amazon Prime and HBO Max, no less. And it won two gold winner trophies at the Hermes Creative Rewards for best video series and best YouTube video. Woo! It has been a fun award season haul for experience points. We've also had several thematic episodes. There was our government and politics themed episode, our UK and Australia themed episodes, and our hotel themed episode. And of course, there was our March 24th, 2020 COVID-19 themed episode, episode 94. I was especially proud of that last one too, Joey, because... It was almost an hour-long episode. I believe it was our longest to date. And we got it out about 10 days after everything shut down. Now, we've never purported to be a breaking news show here on Experience This, but I really felt that episode, we were reporting it as it was happening in real time. Yeah. Frustratingly, it still feels like we're reporting on that happening in real time, but things are getting better. And that brings us to our most recent seasons. And I have to say, Dan, without bragging, I think the show's only getting better year after year, you know, and thankfully our listeners feel the same way. We've covered deep fake influencers, a soundtrack for building Lego sets, tuxedos, impactful signs on hospital mirrors, Easter eggs, baking flour, skywriting, feng shui, your refrigerator, your new book, The Experience Maker, and so much more. And we'd probably be remiss if we didn't mention episode 143, where Joey finally got to say, Lines and tigers and bears. Oh, my. Uh, You've been waiting for years to get that one, haven't you, Joey? You know, I had to move a couple things around and make some adjustments. But yes, we finally did it. Woohoo! Now, to be clear, just for those of you paying attention at home, I wanted to be able to say lions and tigers and bears, but I already felt like we were pushing it and I couldn't come up with a lion story. So we'll have to save that maybe for episode 300. Who knows? I was still great. Suffice it to say, it's been a fun ride and we are honestly so honored to have all of you listeners along for it. Here's to the next 150 episodes, right, Joey? (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay. Well, we're halfway there. Making progress. Oh, well, you know, hey, I'll see you at 300. On that note, as as we've come to the end of yet another season of Experience This, it's time to thank all of the wonderful people who make this show happen. Season 8 would not have happened without the support and participation of many remarkable people, including featured guests who submitted audio recordings to add to the conversation, as well as our incredible book report authors. We love the vocal variety of being able to add other voices beyond just my voice and Dan's voice. 
We also want to give a huge shout out to our sound engineer, Daniel Romeros, a.k.a. Dr. Podcast, who does all the mixing and post-production of each episode to make us sound amazing. And as always, a special thank you and shout out to my law school roommate, Davin Seaman, who composed all of the music for the show and continues to be a big fan and supporter of our work as well. And finally, to you, our listeners. Thank you for listening. Thanks for sharing your stories. Thanks for your feedback. And thanks for writing such great reviews on our show on iTunes. Hint, hint. You are honestly why we do this show. So thank you for your ongoing support. Please know that even during the off-season, you can always find us on our websites at dangingas.com and joeycoleman.com. So don't hesitate to reach out to us and say hello. Also, don't forget that both Never Lose a Customer Again and the Experience Maker books make terrific holiday gifts for clients and employees. Have a happy, healthy, and safe holiday season. And we'll see you next year on Experience. Wait, 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 wait. I got one more thing to share. Dude. Come on, the, I thought the season was over. This is like the end of the segment. I thought we were going to finish strong here, wrap well, it out. I, look, I was thinking, our listeners here, always they always hear this perfectly edited, wonderful sounding podcast. But as you and I both know, it doesn't always start out that way. Wait a second. I do not like the sound of where this is going. Cue the blooper, Daniel. And there was a QR code on the banner encouraging passerbys to scan the order. Encouraging passersby. Yeah. And there was a QR code on the banner encouraging passerbys. Nope. What am I saying? Try again. Three dots on the page. And there was a QR code on the banner. (laughs) And there was a QR code on the banner encouraging people walking by to scan. (laughs) (laughs) I just changed it. I'm not even going to try. He just just couldn't say passersby. I'm just changing the word. And I wrote the damn thing. Daniel, keep that blooper. Keep that blooper for the future. We're (laughs) going to need that that. for the future. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. We can do a a B-roll at the end of the season of vocal screw-ups. All right, let's start that over again. So now we'll see you next year on Experience This. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show, yay you. We're curious, was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience This. Yes.